you'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good getting goals is our job and we get goals good looking good we are Carlisle United Carlisle United the team that's on the ball Carlisle United the team for one and all you're looking good and we're with you all the way you'll hear us singing every time you Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Carl United Football Club. From Darren Carr to Roddy Collins and Damon Searle to Gordon Staniforf, we've got it covered. This is episode 18 and today we're going to be reviewing United's first defeat in seven games following the 1-0 loss at Exeter. Looking ahead to the midweek Brunton Park clash against early table toppers Newport County. A quick news roundup of the last few days and looking at what former United players and coaches have been getting up to across the weekend. Uh, I'm your host, Lee Rooney, and today I'm joined on this episode by one of my regular co-hosts, and it's Mike Booth. Mike, how's it going? Yeah, it's good, all right. You know, I'm not too uh, depressed following uh, the weekend's results. Sort of, there, there is a, a bit to sort of, you know, keep your chin up about. So, yeah, we'll yeah, obviously get into that. Narrow defeat against one of the, you know, the, the sides you'd expect to be right up there this season. You can't really get too disnarrowed, especially the fact we're down to 10 men for a good half an hour of that game as well. Yeah, exactly, and obviously we'll talk about that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, but we're in the middle of quite a sort of tough run of games at the minute, so it'll be really interesting to see where we are when we come out of it. Okay, let's get on with the episode then, Mike. So start with news roundup. So we can start with a bit of an update on the FA Cup ties. So obviously, on Friday, me and Dan discussed the fact that we might be one of the games chosen as a, a live broadcast, and it turns out we have been. Um, so our FA Cup clash against Hazen Yedding is penciled in to kick off uh, this Sunday, sixth of November at. 12.45pm. The game will be featuring on BBC Final Score with goal updates, but it'll be a single camera stream of the game uh, that will also be available to watch on iPlayer. United get 12,500 from being broadcast live, as do Hayes and Yiddin. There was some initial doubt, wasn't there, uh, Mike, over the weekend, because obviously with the new lockdown coming into place, that because they, they said that elite football can continue, or elite sport, and obviously Hayes and Yiddin actually played just below elite level don't they they're at the southern league they're just below the national leagues so there was a bit of a worry there that potentially the game might not go ahead but it's just been confirmed today hasn't it that the the game will go ahead as planned as will all the other games involving teams that are non-elite under elite protocols yeah it's good because the knock-on effect if they had to postpone all the cup games that had non-elite teams in it would just be ridiculous and obviously this is only sort of really well just over a week isn't it after the Full lockdown measures are implemented, and mm. yeah, so th- th- there's you know obviously let the games go ahead, but it'll, it'll be interesting if some of the non-elite teams get to the second round because if you know they're going into them games with no football against an elite side that's mm. had plenty of football, it could be a, a cricket score. Well, I've noticed actually just just before we come on there that Workington have been drawn against Nantwich Town in the FA Trophy, and that game's due to be played on the 14th of November, I think it was. I'm not entirely sure how they're going to play that game if if elite mm. football is not allowed. It's a bit of a strange one, that one. Um, mm. But yeah, obviously, uh, teams that win in the first round receive £16,972. It's quite precise, that, isn't it, really? It's an <laughs> unusual one. Uh, from the FA Prize Fund, with the losing clubs receiving 5657 That is down quite significantly on previous years, isn't it? Because I think it's something like 37000 I think, it used to be for winning in the first round, maybe even more than that. 
Well, the FA Prize Fund, a lot of that comes from, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. the teams, the gates is split 45-45 and yes. then the other 10% yeah. goes yeah, in. So obviously yep. there's no gates, so there's no uh, prize fund. Yeah, so it's a difficult one for the FA, isn't it? A lot of people criticise them, but, you know, they're struggling for money as much as anyone, aren't they, during mm. all this? So can't really blame them in that sense. So, yeah, so the FA Cup tie, yeah, as we said there, it will be, you'll be able to watch it on the iPlayer um, or on the BBC website. So great that we'll be able to watch the game and won't have to even pay for it as well, which is nice. Um, yeah. A uh, little bit of League 2 news for you as well. Obviously, uh, Tranmere manager Mike Jackson has been sacked after just 10 league games in charge with Rovers lying in 18th place. He, he took over, didn't he? He was the assistant, wasn't he, to Mickey Mellon. He's a quite a legendary popular player, isn't he? Former player, that is, at Tranmere. Um, and he's yeah. just found it tough, hasn't he? Well, you know, it's not all about results in football, you know, and it's not all uh, black or white. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and apparently he's, having, apparently he's having a go at some of the players uh, following the recent form, and you know the way you make me feel isn't very good for those players. No, that doesn't. That doesn't yeah, that's, that's rubbish, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon when the uh, when the, the board had finished telling him he was getting sacked, they told him to beat it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> could, could go on all day, yeah, couldn't we? But let, let's let's yeah. leave it at that. So yeah, yeah, a little bit of a surprise. Well, I'll say a little bit of a surprise. I suppose there's a lot of expectation on them to go straight back up to League One at the first attempt, isn't it? And then yeah. they really haven't started the game season well. Especially when you think they invested in signing James Vaughan over the summer play, you'd expect to bag a load of goals for them. It just mm. hasn't worked out so far, has it, really? No. No, no. Okay, Mike, well, that's, I think, enough of the news. So uh, let's now look back at the weekend game. Um, and it's the defeat to Exeter 1-0 of all the players to score. We thought we were going to say former player. He's probably back Ryan Bowman, but it was Tom Parks. He got the only goal of the game uh, on 14 it, it, minutes. Not only did he get the goal, though, he had a fantastic game. He's probably the best player on the pitch, to be honest. Uh, yeah, he had a really good game. That, that's testament to how well we played, even mm. with 10 men, is the fact that their centre-back's probably been the best player for them. Um, yeah, so obviously a 1-0 defeat. Um, as you mentioned there, Toure picked up a red card. We'll discuss that in a minute. I mean, even with being down to 10 men for half an hour, possession-wise, 52-48 split, so fairly equal, really. Mm-hmm. Shots on target. Well, shots. We had three more shots than they did. Both teams had two shots on target. We had 12 shots in total. They had nine. Corners, we had more. We gave away less fouls. Yeah, it was a very balanced game, really. And it's just one... It's frustrating. It's just one little lapse from a set piece again. That's cost us the game, hasn't it? Yeah, it was It was poor from uh, McDonald on the set piece. These things happen, don't they? But, um, yeah, I mean, even with the man sent off, we didn't stop sort of creating chances. You know, we, we, we were still sort of chasing the game. And it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, the sending off, you know, for me, their man should have gone. Um, and if he'd gone and Torre hadn't, could it have been a completely different scoreline? I think, to be honest, if, if both of them being sent off, I probably mm. still would have backed us to put the pressure on and potentially get an equaliser but yeah. being down to 10 men did it make just that little bit tougher for us so the result leaves us in 8th place in league so after 10 games of 17 points and a plus 2 goal difference currently 8 points behind 1st place Newport County our opponents uh, this week midweek and 2 points behind 3rd place Cheltenham Town so it's still very tight at the top other than Newport who are really pulling away on a great run of form main talking points I think you've already pretty much touched the first one we're going to go into there Two reds rather than one. I think I don't think any of us would disagree that Torres was a red card. Really, no. just just really stupid. He's, I think Taylor should have been sent off there for them. I think it, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, he can avoid standing on Torres there. He doesn't. It's not a case of he's fallen onto him. He Absolutely. can avoid 
Avoid yeah, him easily. easily. I mean, e- even some Exeter fans were saying that you know they were very lucky not not to have him sent off, and mm. you, you know it's it, and Torre lashed out like because there was no. Uh, sort of decision from the ref. I feel if the referee had come in straight away after that stomp and said, "Right, you're off," you know, he, he maybe wouldn't have got up and reacted the way he did. I'm not so sure. I think he maybe has a little bit of a hot sort of streak in him, maybe a hot temper. What I'd say is, I think Tory needs to be, be a bit cuter there, really, and he mm. needs to make it clear because I mean, he's as stunning him, and he, there's a slight reaction, but he needs to be. Ro- I know people don't like it, but he needs to be rolling around and making it clear that he's been stood on there because he yeah. has been stood on. Yeah, well, no I, doubt about I, it. I mean, Beach said in the post-match um, interview basically that good players who are sort of tricky and difficult, they're going to get kicked. Uh, yeah. You know, that that's part and parcel of the game. And if people see that he's going to react like that to a kick, he's only going to get kicked more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Hopefully, I, I, I hope I, he I, learns I, his lesson from it. And that actually, in, the, in a weird way, might benefit us because if people go around kicking him, then... Someone's going to get sent off eventually, aren't they? For yeah, for some daft behaviour. But obviously, that's our third red card of the season, but the only one that stands so far because the other two were rescinded. It's actually the second one, obviously, that Torres picked up mm. as well. But the first one was obviously to overturned after an appeal. But yeah, it's one of those ones. I think hopefully Torres will learn his lesson. But you get the impression he's the kind of player who maybe has that in him occasionally, really. So hopefully, he, he, you know, he can grow up a little bit and yeah not but do it again he'll it, it, probably be glad for the rest as well because he has looked maybe yeah, a little bit jaded so yeah. yeah yeah sort of follows on to the next one so obviously is it time for a change sort of generally and up front particularly um regan thompson did raise this one on the b justin fairnock group obviously we played well again but once i think you can say easily that we were wasteful with chances again weren't we though That's yeah one of the big problems we weren't really we're creating a lot but we've only got two on target and how many brilliant saves has the keeper had to make? Probably not that many, really, when you think about it. Well, that's the thing. And as well, I mean, our forward players in general this season haven't actually scored that many goals when you no. when you, when you you look at it. You know, that's obviously, John Mellish is by far our, our top scorer. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they, they, they've looked good, but, you know, it's, it's all good and one looking good, but goals are what's, what, what, what matters. I'd rather they looked useless and scored a couple every week, you know, than sort of look threatening and, and don't score. Yeah. Well, see, Toure suspension gives Beach, well, gives Beach no choice but to make a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mari Patrick returned, a bit of a surprise one. We didn't expect that for the Exeter game. Came on, looked quite live there for it in places. Um, yeah, he had a really good effort at one point. Mm, he absolutely, yeah. you know, put his foot right through it. Uh, he seems a little bit more committed to... Toure just wants that extra yard of space to get the shot away, which I don't think he seems to realise yet. You're not going to get that often in League 2 compared to mm. the National League. Whereas Patrick seems a bit more acclimatised and mm. he knows just get the shot away sometimes is the best thing to do. Would you put Patrick straight back in? I mean, obviously, fitness aside, do you reckon he's ready to come straight back into the team? Um, I mean, yeah, his fitness is the big issue, isn't it? But I mean, for me, uh, Gavin Riley hasn't done a lot wrong. You know, he had a really good game and then he got dropped out again uh, a couple of weeks ago. So for me, I'd I'd like to see Gavin Riley uh, give it a go. I think generally maybe we need a few changes to freshen things up. And maybe in midfield, I know Joe Riley's settling in quite well now, but do you maybe bring Dean Furman in for a bit of solidity in there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the team in general, the way that we sort of played a couple of weeks ago, it's sort of quite intense, constantly, you know, running around, winning the ball back. Like, 
you're not going to be able to do that Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday every week, are you? So, yeah, we, we just need, need to keep it fresh, really. I mean, who goes out and who comes in? Obviously, we don't know on the training pitch who's freshest and all the rest of it. That's obviously for the management to to decide. But, yeah, changes are absolutely needed. And hopefully as well with the cup game, you know, we can give some of the fringe players a, a go as well, maybe even some of the kids. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, you mentioned about freshening things up. Connor Malley's, I think that's two games in a row now he's not been on the bench. Bit of an interesting mm. one, that one. Maybe he's not shown enough to justify being involved. It's strange because mm. he's brought in as that extra midfield and a bit of a attacking quality, but nowhere to be seen on Saturday. So mm. Mm, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with that. You mentioned about um, winning the ball back there. I just want to quickly touch on, Mike. Interesting, some things that the club retweeted uh, this morning, actually. Uh, there's some EFL stats, a Twitter account that's tweeted some interesting stats from the league. The one that stands out the most is the most interceptions stat for um, for League Two. Of the top five, um, and there's a joint fifth place, and that's the top six, effectively. Five of them are Cal United players. Mm-hmm. You've got Nick Anderton on 25. Then you've got um, Luther Wilding from Stevenage on 23. But then it's Hayden on 21, Guy on 20, and Tanner on 20, with Jay Spearing from Tramir also on 20. Mm. That shows you just how good we are at getting those second balls and putting pressures on teams. It's great that we're able to do that at the moment, but you'd imagine it's going to get to a point soon with all these games back-to-back. Yeah, They're going to struggle a little bit, and surely there needs to be a little bit of a fresh face in there, potentially. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much exactly what I just said. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah can't disagree. Yeah. Um, some of the other stats, I'll quickly pick them out here. So, EFL, so, uh, the League 2 uh, most fouled players. Uh, way out in front is, Ad- is uh, Ibu Adams from Forest Green on 37. But in joint sixth place, alongside uh, An- Anthony Sasevich from Bolton. He's Gimme Toure on 23, funny enough. Mm. <laughs> it just doesn't say a lot, doesn't it? Because he's got a red card now. But um, but yeah, um, Ariel Jules won seventh place. Joshua Coyote with 55. League two successful tackles. Colin Guy, joint, uh, no, sorry, in third place on 29. Just behind yeah. top place who were 30 and 30. And obviously you've got oh. George Tanner there as well on, in Seventh place on twenty six. Yeah, well, Callum Guy had another one for I think he's second for most key passes in the division as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's really really becoming a, a key player this season. One of the yeah. first names on the team sheet. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, successful dribbles. Gimme Tour. He's got twenty three. He's top of the pile. Um, mm. Question is, are we making the most of those dribbles? I suppose, but um, mm. we haven't got anyone in top clearances. Interestingly, but um, I suppose that's not necessarily a bad thing because that shows that maybe we're intercepting it before it gets to the point where you have to clear the ball. Yeah, so there's a positive so, yeah. there. And like you said, key passes, Callum Guy's joint second with 22. Top on key passes by a country mile is George Thompson at Harrogate Town with 35. It's quite impressive, mm. isn't it, really? Mm. How far ahead he is. Toure is also in the... Uh, and Alessandra actually are both in the top 10 for key passes as well. So that's impressive. So you see, yeah, so a lot of the key stats, and you know, the stats can you know give a misleading representation of things but all the key stats were doing well so you know plenty of positives to take from there yeah although although, i mean it's interesting you know because you say stats can be misleading i mean um obviously newport who were playing this weekend they're sorry not this weekend um tuesday um their top scorer 
uh, Tristan Abrams is the uh, joint 18th top scorer in the division. Like they've really sort of shared the goals out among the team rather than just having one player scoring. And you know Abrams hasn't scored as many as Mellish, but they're top of the league with only one draw and one defeat. So who can yeah, we? Uh, yeah. Who are we to argue? Yeah. Okay. Next one of the uh, talking points. Uh, I've picked this one out. Signs of real progress. Um, I think if you went back in the last couple of years to a game like this where you've just gone one 0 down and you go down to ten men, I think we'd have probably comfortably lost the, the game with past teams but this team's so resilient and so tactically aware and so on the ball that they can quickly switch to something different and still be on top of the game can't they I think that's a really yeah. real sign of progress that one of the teams that you we both agree they're going to be right up there that'll be at the end of the season in terms of promotion and we've given them a really good game this weekend and that's a yeah. real positive to take I, th- I think the thing, because we, because sort of the pace that we've got up front, teams can't sort of quite push their back four up as they sort of you know chase a goal because we, we could be so lethal on the counter if teams do that, and you know rightly they haven't been doing that, but sometimes you know and likewise that Grimsby game where they were sort of very reluctant to do that and it was quite a, a dull nil nil, you know it means they're not going to score, but it means we're not going to score either if if that's how they want to combat it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the final talking about this one was uh, raised by Lewis Ridley on the Beaches and Fear Not group as well. I, like I've said before, I'd recommend anyone to join that group. It's really, really good. Lots of really positive and good Cal United chat on there. Long throw fatigue. It didn't really appear that Coyote's long throw was quite as effective over the weekend. Our teams maybe starting to suss it out. Maybe um, is Coyote wasted? doing that or should we have him in the middle of it? we've seen there from the stats how many aerial duels he's winging well he can't get on the end of his own throws as no. good as he might be but is it time to maybe try Luis Alessandra's throw potentially well, well we say it's not quite as effective but I still don't think we haven't scored a single goal off them have we or have we I think we've 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 maybe created something from the aftermath of one possibly but yeah I need to have a go and look back because I genuinely can't remember no, I, I can't. Sure I can't have. recall any. We we, we 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 may well have done, but yeah, it just they just seem to read them all spot on, didn't they? Um, you know, and we didn't even look anywhere near scoring off off any of them. Um, and they don't yeah. have the biggest defence either. To be fair, Exeter and Sweeney, mm. their other centre back alongside Parks is not the biggest, and Parks is only what six foot two, maybe mm. at a push. Mm. So, so yeah, do, do we do we maybe let Lewis Alexander take them for a bit? And get Coyote in there to win the flick-ons? Yeah, well, or, or, you know, just take a normal bloody throw. Like, you <laughs> I know, know. I know. <laughs> like, I know, it's easy to say, but doing it every time. And I suppose the other positive, the other way to look at it is, because our two centre-backs come up for it, it also drags, it was dragging Ryan Bowman back for every single throw-in at the weekend. Mm. And that meant, as a result, they couldn't really get away as quickly as they would have hoped as well. Yeah. So, it does show it is a threat, but... It just it, it takes me back to when we were under Keith Curl, doesn't it? And at first you had Tom Miller taking them, and we found out Mark Ellis had an even longer one. Yeah. And then having a centre back all the way up there to take the throw, and he was then miles out of position and <laughs> yeah. not getting back quickly. And we realised there was an issue there. And even Tom Miller's throws were effective for a while, but after a bit, we just stopped using them because they just weren't having the same impact that he originally yeah. did. So. But but it's not all about necessarily creating chances off it. It's more sort of just bombarding the opposition into sort of yeah. submission, isn't it? You know, if they're constantly just having balls coming in at them, all right, yeah, they clear the long throw, it's out for a corner, and then the corner's coming in, do you know what I mean? It's it's oh, about just, just yeah. grinding winning, them down. 
even winning the second ball and getting out wide and getting across him, you've then got your centre backs up there to challenge for that cross, and that puts them under pressure. So, mm. so yeah, I, I do see positives. I do wonder if maybe there needs to be a slight tweak to it. Like I said, maybe it's time to to let Luis Alessandra take one or two, yeah. and just let's see how that works and getting Coyote into the middle as well. I mean, that covers it really, Mike. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss from the Exeter game? No, not really. I mean, I, I sort of touched on the, the last one that I did that uh, Joe Riley can go a bit invisible, uh, but I felt like the Exeter game, he was a lot more noticeable um, on the ball, um, which is good to see. But that's that's about it, really. Yeah, we've, we've kind of covered it. I mean, you know, like you say, Exeter are one of the top teams in the division. With 10 men, we gave them a good game. We can't beat ourselves up too much over it, can we, really? No, definitely not. Okay, we'll take a short break now and we'll be back then to discuss the midweek game against the early pace setters in League 2, Newport County. Back soon. Welcome back everyone and we're into part two now where we're going to be looking ahead to the midweek clash against League 2's table toppers in this first 10 games at Newport County. So let's get on to the interesting facts Mike. Uh, got quite a few for this one actually. Newport a very rich history has to be said. Um, so the original Newport County Football Club was formed in 1908 but sadly went out of business in 1989. A group of county fans then set up Newport AFC with the aim of getting the club as far up the English league system as possible. I think they were invited to join the Welsh League when it was formed in the mid-90s, but they turned it down. Mm. Um, so 10 years after the original club went bust, they were actually advised that uh, no one would be chasing the old club's debts. So if they wanted to take on the name, they were welcome to. And I think there was a vote possibly to decide it and they agreed that it would be the best way forward because effective was a continuation of the old club. They returned to the league in 2013 after winning promotion via the playoffs from the National League. And Newport are actually one of five Welsh clubs currently playing in the English Leagues. Uh, system and the other ones are Cardiff and Swansea in the Championship, Wrexham in the National League, and Merford Town in the Southern League. I think was it Connors Key were possibly playing in the sort of English Northern non leagues uh, yeah, this I season. Th- I think they've taken a season out, haven't they? Yeah, Something I think like they've sort of dipped in and out, haven't they? Yeah, I think due to coronavirus and all the issues, they felt it wasn't worth the hassle, really, especially with the difference between English and Welsh regulations, they've decided to basically have a season out, similar to the way I think it's Trollston in Manchester done the same because they just couldn't afford to carry on. Uh, quite sad, really. They currently share their uh, Rodney Parade ground with two rugby clubs, which is Dragons and Newport RSC. The ground is actually owned by Welsh Rugby Union, um, and you can really tell that rugby's played on it, can't you, Mike? Because it's an absolute state most of the year. Yeah, it's like a potato field, isn't it? It's just awful to play football on. Yeah, it's a real shame. Them. It is actually one of the, I think it's the second oldest sports ground in use in the EFL. And obviously, you, you know what the oldest one is, Mike, because I've put it on the running orders, so you'll see that mm. bit, which is Deepdale at Preston. Yeah, so their official nickname is the Exiles, but they also go by the Ironsides, the Ports and the County. And this is a great fact, this. The original club played in the 1980-81 UEFA Cup Winners' Cup after winning the Welsh Cup. They made it to the quarterfinals where they lost 3-2 on aggregate to Carl Seiss, Jenner, of East Germany. And Carl Slice Jenner actually got to the final. I think they lost to uh, Dynamo Tbilisi that season. Celeb fans, we've only managed to find one set of celeb fans, Mike, haven't we? And that's Goldie mm. looking chain. 
Uh, I think famously they sponsored their shirts for a short while, didn't they? I think. Yeah. Uh, Michael Sheen is from Newport, but he's a uh, he's a Liverpool fan. So. Glory Hunter. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, head to heads. Pretty balanced this, isn't it, Mike? Really, when you look at it, six mm. wins for us, six weeks for six wins for Newport, and ten draws. Um, that's changed though in the last couple of years because we were a bit behind, weren't we? We had a pretty wretched record when they first came back into the league. We'll yeah, but at the same time, like it just seems like we always lose to them when we play yeah, them. It's strange. Uh, Even that game when Danny Granger scored that rock into the top corner, I'm still convinced we lost that game. And then I, 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 I'm not. I, just refuse to accept that we actually won it. Yeah, well, um, we, we, when we had that amazing unbeaten start to the season under Keith Curl, I'm pretty sure did we end that against Newport? Yeah, it was, it was at, at yeah. Newport that game was yes, but um, yeah, the the last the last time we actually played Newport, funny enough, was uh, the final League Two game before the original COVID nineteen lockdown back in March. Uh, we ran out comfortable two 0 winners against what was a pretty dreadful looking Newport side that day, wasn't it? They did not mm. look good. A comfortable win with goals from Coyote with a penalty and uh, Amari Patrick. It's weird how coincidence happened though, isn't it? Because we're playing Newport County at Brunton Park on a Tuesday night just before a national COVID lockdown was about to kick in. Mm. Weird coincidence, <laughs> though, isn't it? It's, yeah. You could have predicted it. Um, okay, we've we've already said this, Mike, haven't we? But um, the XLs found themselves top of the league after 10 games and I don't think it's a position that we thought they would be in. Did we? I think in the preview we thought they would be solid enough, but maybe struggle a little bit, maybe have a little yeah. hangover, because like we said, they didn't end last season particularly well, did they? No. Uh, you know, it really shows what we know. I think if you uh, play that season preview at the end of the season, <laughs> we'll, uh, we won't have got a lot right, really, will we? But, um, yeah, Bolton no, and Salford to be at the top, that's gone well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. But no, they're doing really well, and you know, um, obviously you can touch on it in a bit, but Mike Flynn seems to have just done an incredible job. I think it was um, when he took over uh, about a few years ago now, I think they were like 11, 12 points from safety, weren't they? Something like that. And following on from Graham Wesley is never going to be an easy job, is it, really? So <laughs> he did, did well there. But, uh, but well, current... he, he was originally brought in as um, John Sheridan's assistant as well. Ah, I did not know that, you know. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I always forget that John Sheridan being manager of them, too. Currently on a five game unbeaten run in the league. And uh, all five of those games have been wins, which is quite impressive. That's what shot them, basically. Mm. Eight points gave everyone else. While other teams have been dropping the odd point here and there, they've just been winning. And, in fact, their last defeat was uh, against Cambridge United. <laughs> so mm. No disgrace in that, really. They lost 2-1. That was a narrow loss as well. Um, all the best teams lose to Cambridge. Yeah, I don't think we could have predicted at the start of the season that you know that game would have been ended up uh, against the team that was going to be setting the pace at the start of the league. Mm. Um, the latest win, actually, was... 2-1 over 10-man Harrogate at the weekend and that was fans to an 88th minute winner so it shows they've got real determination to keep going and should make it a really interesting contest actually against us mm. all things considered um, they went out in the fourth round of the EFL Cup very narrowly on penalties against Newcastle United I think Matt Gillespie had a bit of a stinker at the start of that game didn't he for, for Newcastle I think he let a really soft goal in Yeah. Um, they actually beat Watford in the previous round 3-1 though quite impressive mm. um, as you mentioned their manager is Mike Flynn and he really has has to be said, done a remarkable job on a what is a pretty small budget for them since keeping them in the league. Obviously, back in twenty seventeen, as you mentioned before, he's built a side, hasn't he? And he just slowly but surely brought players in, built a real good core of a squad, and they've been regularly challenging for the playoffs. And the last season was a bit different, obviously, with the the lockdown and everything that happened. Never really got to see how they would end the season, but he really has picked them up again this season, which is absolutely testament to them. And 
you've got to imagine there'll be big clubs looking around at him and thinking, you know, he's worth a look mm, at some point yeah. in the future. I suppose the only so. the positive go for them is his hometown club and he may not be that keen to move away for any old club really. So that might just help him out a little bit. Quick look at their squad, Mike. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it beforehand, but gotta say, I'm looking back now again after the way we assessed it in a in the preseason preview. I know they've added a couple of plays since then, but some real quality in the action when you look at it, isn't there? Mm. I mean, particularly in attacking positions, they've got a, I mean, a couple of players on loan from Bristol City as well. Um, Kevin Ellison gives them a bit of experience up there, but Ryan Taylor, Patrick Armand, Jamie Proctor, we'll mention in a minute. Um, the other Jamie, we'll mention him soon. I haven't said his full <laughs> name yet, so if anyone is playing the Jamie Devitt drinking game, Oh shit! Done it, done it then. All right, there. Drink, drink. Um, but yeah, and you look at obviously Josh Sheehan. He's always been a real quality midfielder, hasn't he? And mm. Josh Josh Labadie. Mm. You know, he's always been a, he's a pain in the ass, hasn't he? Uh, mm. Even Matt Dolan. Just players that slip off the tongue as good League Two performers, aren't they? Really? And yeah. That's a real testament to the job that he's done. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I said earlier as well, you know, obviously they've got like Amon do. I think he had that season, was it for Grimsby, about five years ago, where he scored an absolute ton of goals. Mm. Um, He's been capped by the full Ireland team now, hasn't he, I think? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, but, you know, they're sharing the goals amongst the team. There's not sort of one sort of player that you'd say, oh, keep an eye on him, and the job's a good one. You know, they've got goals and they can create things sort of throughout the team, so they're really going to be a difficult team. Yeah, the only player you'd play position you'd even say that maybe they struggle a bit for experience is in defence. They've got Mickey Demetrio, who's obviously uh, been around the block, but they've got quite a few young players at, in defence too, so that's maybe an area where you can potentially target them. Other teams haven't yet. Interestingly, they've got, I think it's uh, seven players on loan. So two of the players that they're on loan have to miss out mm-hmm. every time they play, so that's an interesting one. Hopefully um, Jeremy Davitt's one of them. Well, they, uh, no, drink up, drink up everyone. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let's on to the ex-Carla players there. And so obviously you've mentioned their familiar name in the squad, Jamie Devitt. He actually made his debut for them at the weekend as an 81st minute substitute. Uh, didn't set up the goal though. I don't know how involved he was. Um, and the other uh, ex-Carla player there is Jamie Proctor. One who sort of divides opinion with Carla fans. I didn't particularly rate him. I felt for the amount of money we were paying him a week, allegedly. Mm. Didn't think it was a great move from Curl. I think he could have done better with that money. But... Some of us actually still think he was a really good player, maybe just a bit unlucky with injuries. But then you'd ask the question, why are you signing a player who's got a particularly poor injury record, as Proctor did at that point? Mm, exactly, yeah. But he's only played, I think, two games maybe for them this season. Um, Not he has, he's, them, no. no, he certainly hasn't uh, featured that prominently, but he's guaranteed to score against us anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> it's nailed that, is it? Him or Devitt is going to score. That's, that's just the way it is. Uh, on to team news. Um, before we even get to it, Newport, I haven't got any team news for them. There's nothing on their local newspapers or websites, so just have to be guesswork with that. Carlisle team news, obviously Gimme Tour is going to miss out due to suspension. As we mentioned before, Mary Patrick returned as a sub against Exeter, so it'll be interesting to see if he does come in and take Touré's place. Uh, Dickinson and Walker are obviously still out to the new year, and Josh Dixon is still building up his fitness. Mike, predictions. So what are you going to go for? Um... See, I'm not feeling optimistic, but I never like to predict to, us to lose, so I'm going to go for 1-1. Has anyone, anyone on this, this thing ever picked anything with them? 1-1-1. Who's scoring? Um, I reckon Mellish. Go on. Mellish, are you going to back in the goals? Fair enough. Uh, you know what? I think we're going to bounce back from that game, and I think with a couple of changes, 
We'll catch Newport on the cold. I think we're going to win 2 1. <laughs> it's so That's... adorable how optimistic you are. I am ever the optimist. Someone's got to be on this program. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go 2 1, and I think I'm going to go with goals from Nick Anderson and Amari Patrick, I think, is going to get one on his return to the side. That's my predictions. Well, that's the preview of the Newport game done, Mike. So let's move on to the exile section. Look at how United, ex-United players and coaches have been getting on across the world. And we don't generally cover the coaches as much, but we will with the first one today because it was the clash of the ex-United managers, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, at Wigan v Northampton this weekend. John Sheridan up against Keith Curl. Uh, and Curl came out the victor. I think it was 3-2 to Northampton, wasn't it? Mm. Quite a quite a good result for Curl because I think they've been struggling a bit actually in a... In, Le- in League One this season. Clearly not earned the right to play, had they? <laughs> but yes, they... A bit of a clash there. And uh, the other XCFC links, there's two there. There's um, Nicky Adams uh, made his 600th career appearance for uh, for the... Well, not not just for Northampton, but obviously generally throughout his career. I think um, he's, he's got to be, what, 35 or so now, maybe? I mean, he's only 32, 33, I don't Is know. He? You might want to look that up because I haven't got a Yeah, I've looked yeah, so it's obviously Garner scores in that game. Um, Adams didn't set up any of the goals, but he obviously was involved in the fact that they won 3 2. Yeah, good good result for them. Jack Sowerby played as well, actually, I should mm. say, in that match. Yeah, um, 34, Nicky Adams is. Wow, oh, younger than me. Mm. <laughs> didn't, did not expect that. Um, but yeah, so there, there, there's a good, plenty of ex UFC links there. Barrow picked up their second win of the season, and uh, another ex Carlisle player scored. It was Connor Brown this time, though. One-time Loney from Oldham. Uh, he scored uh, for Barry's win over Bradford. Uh, other goals scored out of the Football League for ex carlo players. Paddy Madden again for Fleetwood. And uh, Reg- Reggie, Jerry Yates, <laughs> got a double for Blackpool uh, this weekend. One little bit transfer news for an ex carlo player, isn't there, Mike? Um, yeah. I think, is this the last player from the ones released last season to sort well, himself he, out of a new He club? wasn't released, was he? He got offered a new contract and turned oh, it down. Is, you're right. So it's Jack Bridge. In case you hadn't guessed already, uh, Jack Bridge has signed for Concord Rangers. Um, now I'm not sure what level Concord Rangers are at, Mike. I, don't know if I, have a I haven't got a clue, but I, I tell you what, if he scores in his debut, it'll be a flying I, start. Oh, <laughs> oh, give me a chance. I'm, 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 <laughs> there, there we go. go. A little bit delayed that time, but uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're National League South. To be fair, so it's not not too bad a level, but you do wonder how, was the deal he was offered really bad. That meant he just couldn't take it and felt that he had to look elsewhere. And he's ended up at a Southern League, uh, National League South Club instead. Mm. It's a strange one, isn't it, really? Mm. I think there's ability there. I do, I do wonder if his judgment isn't particularly great at times, maybe. And maybe he's been badly advised by an agent, possibly. I'm not sure. But uh, an interesting one there. And the other bit of news is Jared Bradfight's return of injury for Everton back on the bench. And I think he's the only backup defender for them at the moment, I think, because they've got three players out injured and some suspended as well. So. Yeah. He may well get his chance if there's another knock in that team. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully somebody does get injured, you know. You know. <laughs> a bit sadistic there, Mike. But thanks. Yeah. But you'd, you'd imagine actually, I, I wonder if there's a chance he might get called up to one of the England youth teams in the mm. next few a week or two. Because obviously we saw that Dean Furman was called up today, but the under 21s and the 19s and all those for the European sides will get called up very soon, won't they? And you'd imagine the way he was playing back in June and July. I think the only reason he missed out on the last one because he was injured. Wasn't yeah. it? So, well, I mean, for me, the question isn't sort of will he get called up, it's which one yeah, he'll which get level, called yeah. up into, you know. Maybe too soon for under 21, I don't know, but mm. imagine he have maybe a decent chance, possibly. Possibly, mm. but there you go. 
Okay, Mike, I think that that's it for this week. A nice, uh, short and sweet compared against some of the other ones. But uh, thank you for joining me. Always appreciated. In terms of upcoming specials and everything like that, um, you, some of you will already heard the John Coleman special. I still advise you to go and listen to it. It's a great listen. It's not time sensitive or anything like that. So you can listen to it anytime you want. It won't be out of date. Uh, we talk about John's new book, Bolts from the Blues, and some of the goals that were covered in that and how he came to decide them and some of the goals he almost left out as well. Big, big relevation he gave us there. Yeah, so th- th- uh, that's well worth listening to. Me and Mike are going to, some part, point over the next week or two, we're going to record his uh, favourite CUFC 11, aren't we, Mike? That'll be an yeah. interesting one to discuss as well. And me and Dan are going to get around to that kits one. It, it's just a case of getting uh, the time together to, to discuss it. I'm just filling time here, Mike, because I'm trying to get the uh, the map to load up to find out exactly <laughs> where people are listening around the world. I don't think we've got a new country. Oh, we have. Uh, Switzerland. Oh. oh. Hey, neutral territory. Was it right. Raphael Spiegel? Uh, I doubt very much. I think he probably wants to forget his experience of that. Someone yeah. listening in t- to it in Sierre in uh, Switzerland. So thank you to our Swiss Blues for listening. Really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, if you've got anything you want to discuss or any comments or feedback you can contact us on all the usual channels that's on twitter at brunton bugle or write email to brunton bugle at gmail.com if you haven't already you remember you can subscribe to the podcast using any good podcast app so stuff like google podcasts apple podcasts acast spotify all the things like that you can spotify for uh, spotify you can subscribe to them and uh, you'll get it every time a new episode comes out you won't have to go looking for it and yeah, we really appreciate all the really good feedback we've had so far. Um, Mike, you're going to be watching the game tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, will be, yes. So um, I'm f- cross my fingers that I'm going to get furloughed again rather than <laughs> have, to, have to work for the next month. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, see, see what happens. But um, happens. Yeah, and then obviously Sunday I'll be able to watch that as well. So yeah. Should be yeah. good, that. Should be mm. good indeed. Okay, Mike, thanks very much for joining me this week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And up the blues! All on your